Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor, where conversations explore the inner frontier. What is it I can say I know and why? Who am I really? Is there such a thing as free will? How does the human mind differ from the programmed artificial intelligence being built today? How is thinking and destiny connected? Is mind really capable of being our best healer or our worst slayer? Does our individual consciousness survive death? These are just some of the questions Eldon and his guests take on. You won't want to miss any of it. And now, here's your host of Provocative Enlightenment, Eldon Taylor. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. The next two hours are devoted to learning something more, not just about the world we inhabit, the world my wife loves me to say of shoes and ships and sealing wax, but about why we believe what we do. It's a time for the open-minded, willing to challenge some of those old ideas behind what we think we know and who we might become. In today's episode, we're going to once again examine how we break through self-imposed limitations, limitations that hold us back, sometimes keeping us stuck, and there is so much more that we want to experience in our lives. And we'll examine the questions, who we are, where we want to be, and how we can go about accomplishing that objective. And once more, we'll use some real-life stories. In today's instance, a famous person uh, who happens to be a, uh, a healer. So the question, how did I get where I am and how do I get where I want to be, becomes our central inquiry in this episode of Breaking and limita- Breaking Limitations. However, we have a very special spotlight today, and we'll be getting to that in just a moment. Our chat room is open, and my partner Ravinder awaits you there now. You can log on by going to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. Okay, Ravinder, it's time for you to hear your lovely voice time for me to hear your lovely voice and that also inviting description you always give of your special chat room i hear my voice all the time it sounds kind of weird to me actually i have to confess but yes do come join me in the chat room i love the uh, conversation that goes on there I, you know i learn bunches from it and you know we all help each other out it's a great kind of support group as well in a indirect kind of way um you know we bring an extra dimension to the radio show so it is great fun that is at provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat all right i'm going to move along rather rapidly today because i am excited about getting to today's spotlight but every week i read some of your letters is our way of paying respect to the very important role you play in making this show successful Last week, the station had its annual housekeeping and overhaul, so all of the shows were replays. We replayed the interviews with Dr. Inescu and Dee Dee Mercer Moffat. James wrote, I listened to this show when it first aired, but listening to it a second time, I gained even more insight. I am so glad you make your show archives available to everyone. Well, we're glad that you enjoy the shows, and for all of you out there, the show archives for the past seven years now, more, are all available at ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. Andrew wrote, love your radio show on the net. Please keep expanding everyone's consciousness. Janet wrote, love your radio shows and love your CDs. Inner Talk has made such a difference in my life that I don't know how to thank you. Well, you just did, Janet, and thank you for your feedback. Lisa wrote, to all you skeptics, these subliminal programs by Inner Talk actually work. This past Christmas, I gifted myself the following programs. Prosperity, Money Management, and Luck. I listened to the Prosperity and Money Management CDs 
on alternate days on continuous loop at home and while sleeping. The Lux CD I listen to every day at home also on continuous loop. This is what has happened to me so far. I have had so many opportunities to work overtime. My union representative has told me that I was due two years back wages for shift differential premium that was due to me. I did not know that it was due. I have paid off my last debt. I am debt free. I have been consistently entering contests and sweepstakes. I have won a dinner for two at a casino hotel in Atlantic City, won a $100 gift card to The Gap, won $500 cash in a Pennsylvania lottery, a scratch-off ticket. I seem to get parking spaces when I need them, and I seem to always get good deals on things that I purchase. It does not matter what the item is. Oh, the UPS man just delivered a box of toys. I don't remember or know which contest that was I entered, but my nephew will get the toys for his birthday this summer. <laughs> now, what do you that's a that's I don't know what to think of that one, Ravinder, but congratulations to you, Lisa. Keep it up. Joshua wrote, I listened to your Improcrastination CD and I washed the walls of my kitchen while I had avoid something I had avoided for three years. Then, as if on cue, my mother showed up and was impressed with how clean the place was. I love it, Joshua. <laughs> That's a good one. We've heard that story very many times from uh, people who have put off doing everything from cleaning their attics or their kitchens mm-hmm. to their garages. Yeah. Phil wrote, Choices and Illusions was the first Ellen Taylor book I read, and I am fortunate to be learning from his inspiration ever since. One of the best thinkers of our time. Well, well, thank you, Phil. I am honored by your words, and I'll do my best to live up to them. Okay, that's all the time we're going to take for letters today, but I do invite you to opine by sending your email to Eldon at EldonTaylor.com. That's E-L-D-O-N at EldonTaylor.com, or by joining me on Facebook. We can't get all of your letters on the air, but they do impact our programming. And once again, I sincerely appreciate your feedback and continued support. Now I could rub my hands together because I'm really excited about today's Spotlight segment. As you know, normally you're going to listen to a diatribe from me, but not today. We have had many researchers on our show discussing near-death experiences. Some of the great experts, indeed the man himself who coined that term, Dr. Raymond Moody. But today we have a man who recently underwent just such an experience. I happened to catch his story as it was reported just a couple of weeks ago. And my team went to work getting him to the show. So on our spotlight this week, let's take a moment to look at a man's account of his recent near-death experience. According to the ICU nurse in attendance, our guest was, and I quote, basically dead for nearly 45 minutes, close quote. So please welcome to the show Mr. Brian Miller. Mr. Miller, welcome to Provocative Enlightenment. I thank you. It's a pleasure to have you, sir, and I'm really thrilled that you're willing to share your story. Mr. Miller, I understand that you're a truck driver by trade. You've been married for 18 years, have three children, and love the outdoors. Is that basically correct? Oh, my, yes. I love it all. You love it all? Yep. All right. Love I don't... You, love I, to be, I'm glad to be back with this world. I'll bet. So, then, Mr. Miller, would you please, you know, in your own words, share your account, share the story with our audience. Well, like I said there, on Wednesday, I had the massive heart attack. They took me in and did the heart cast on me, and I had a blood clot right there at my, 
as they call the widow maker there at your aorta. They opened that up, doing good, and everybody, my wife and kids and all that, come up and see me on um, Thursday, and I don't remember none of that too much, but at, at midnight there on Thursday evening at midnight, I guess I went into AFib, and um, to where the heart's beating so fast it ain't doing nothing, and and the, I guess they were working. I don't, I never seen anything of them working on me, and then all of a sudden, I I seen the light. And I just walked towards that light and opened into the most heavenliest, beautiful flowered path I ever seen. And just walking along, and this lady and man approached me. Lady grabbed me by the arm, by the arm, and she says, "Well, you, you don't belong here. I need to take you back." And I looked right at her face, and here it was my mother-in-law. It's very emotional for me because my mother-in-law was diagnosed on December the second. We lived with her. And she was diagnosed December the 2nd with um, stage 4 cancer. And on um, the 27th of um, January, she um, she passed away. And um, I looked right at the lady's face. Here it was like the day, the first day I met her t- almost 20 years ago. And looked so happy and all that. And I looked right at her. It was the lady that met me, and that was my mother-in-law. She says, come on, I need to take you back because you... Um, you got things to still do down on the earth. And, that, and that's all I remember of that part. And then as I turned around and looked at my father-in-law, he never said a word to me. I turned around and looked at him. He was waving at me and smiling me, giving his smile like he always did. Because my father-in-law's been gone for seven years. And the only other thing is that um, Sundays when they brought me out of the coma and all that, and um, my wife said the first words I said to her at real faint neck because they had me sedated and all that stuff and took the ventilator out of me and that was the first thing I said I seen seen her mom and dad and I seen the light and that's when she she had to go sit down because it tore her up and that because of just losing the losing the mother-in-law and, and then my after a couple of days or whatever after they moved me over to step down and my nurse told me you know it's a five percent chance of rate or survival rate with with no oxygen to your brain because I have full full function and everything I can remember stuff I did when I was a kid and I have all full function and everything been going excellent and stuff and and it's changed my look outlook in life a lot more you know to spend more time with my family and that because I was a hard worker and all that and working and providing for the family and that and I tell you it gives you a change of outlook you know I want to flesh a couple things out, and then I want to ask you a couple questions if I can. That's okay. First of all, for the audience, Mr. Miller, they should know that, you know, you were 45 minutes, for all intent and purposes, without your blood pumping, which means that the brain went without oxygen, uh, or at least a new supply of oxygen for 45 minutes. It would have used up what an all oxygen it had far before. So... You know, the fact that you're able to have this conversation with me, that you walk around, that you can still drive a truck, that you that you have your memory, that in and of itself is totally inexplicable. There, oh, there, yeah. It is a medical uh, anomaly, period, and a quotation. They call me okay. a miracle case. Well, they, and you I'm are. I mean, and it flabbergasts the medical profession. So... 
there are lots of near-death stories, and, and you know, and I've interviewed a lot of people that that is their specialty. They they've interviewed uh, firsthand, but it's rare that you actually have an instance where you know even the medical people are astounded. They're unable to offer uh, a possible explanation, and and you are one such instance. So I, I want our audience to understand that. That's truly remarkable. No blood, no oxygen to your brain for 45 minutes. Right. You well, weren't on bypass. Four times. They shocked me four times, and on the fourth time, I still did not have no heartbeat at all, and then all of a sudden, I come back on my own. That's probably when my mother-in-law brought me back to my body. And that's what I understand. And there was a delay, the fourth shock. They're, you know, they're done. Yeah. They're through. It's over right. with. They were almost so, ready to try call call quit. Because the understanding, yeah. they, they, it depends on how old you are. The protocol is to try to work on you for 45 minutes. Or, I mean, up to 50 minutes. I'm sorry. And that, that's um, how some of the nurses in that told me. And, that, and, and I, the biggest thing is I asked why they worked on me so long. They told me because I'm a was such a young guy of age of 41 and my heart rate and everything was doing so good before this happened and then and then because i was a, a family man i got three daughters and a and my and my wife of soon to be 19 years here in september and, that, and that's okay why so big reason why they worked on me so long and, and that's good we're glad for that so oh, you and i buddy and i thank <laughs> the lord every day buddy i thank him every day this is a this is a truly remarkable case. That's the point I wanted to make. So, all right. Now, you, you say it's changed your outlook on life. I, I have to ask you: Had you ever read about near death experiences before you had one? Um, no, I've never read about it, but I've heard about them and stuff. And I've always I've believed in it and, and all that big time. And and um, I know there was an afterlife and. Just didn't know what to think of it till you know. I know what to think of it now, and what I've seen, and and so many people have talked to me, and that because they've had death in their family and stuff, and it's made a, such a big, um, big feeling to them, and make them feel a lot better that they know that their family, their loved one, is in a better place. And I've touched okay, so now, many people's hearts out there about this, you know. Right. Now, now, the skeptics out there, and, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate a little bit here, and, and that's what we do. Oh, on the I know. Show. There's people out there that don't believe in it at all. I know that. Right. And, and you know, the skeptics might say, well, if he knew what um, everybody, you know, had to say about a near-death experience, this white light, et cetera, you know, he he would have a fantasy of that kind of, of thing, you know, as the oxygen was depleting in the brain and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Right. Uh, to that, what do you say, sir? What do I say? The people don't believe. Right. Well, the people don't believe. I think half of it is, most of it is, it could have been how they were raised with their family. And um, it, the thing of it is, is I just want to, the reason why I wanted to start sharing my story is I want to try to make some of these people as non-believers to, to believe in it. You know, try to change yourself around. And, uh, you know, it's, I, we can't help it what their decision is and all that. But if I can change a couple people, I've known I've done a good deed. 
and this I was on one other radio show, and I actually had the guy, the sceptical, or however you would put it, because he's an atheist and he, uh-huh. he's an unbeliever, and because he always asked, he asked me if I was a if I was ever afraid of death, and if I was still afraid of death, and I said no. I've never been afraid of death. When it's my time to go, and when he's ready to bring me home, he's going to take me home. There's nothing you can do about it. And he he was a little deceptical and all that. Kinda, I think I might I gave a little outlook, different change in his life. And that, um, I hope I did. And that, and the non-believers out there listen to my story and stuff. And I I just hoping they can look on a different outlook in life, you know? So, Brian, let me ask you this. I mean, you you were obviously a a, a spiritual person. Were you a religious person before this uh, Um, Before this went, no, I didn't hardly go to church that much because of my little church that we have, um, because I'm United Methodist, and uh, um, the pastor and all that, because United Methodist, you know, they change their pastors a lot, and that's the only reason I didn't like to go, because soon as you get attached to one and they're gone maybe two to three years and and um i've always been a believer my whole i went to church all growing up and that because my mom was originally catholic and then um when remarried we went into the united methodist and we went to a methodist church when i lived in pennsylvania a little country church and the best little church i ever went to because some of the because the biggest thing is that i learned the bible the way i can read it because i have dyslexia the way I can look at it and stuff, I comprehend it my own way, you know. Mm-hmm. And because um, in my semi, I got a guardian angel my mom bought me many years ago, and it says, um, "Don't ever fly or drive faster than your guardian angel can fly." Mm-hmm. And I kiss it every day. I'm a big time believer. I have my Bible; it's at my bed all the time. And then it just, I just got to find myself a a new church that I can, you know, that I can like. Okay, so you're a deeply spiritual person, but you're not necessarily attached to a church. Right, I'm not attached to a church right now. Does it matter? I mean, do you you think it would have made a difference uh, whether or not you had this NDE, say, if you'd have been a Buddhist? I really don't know, sir. I I don't know, because I've never learned about, never checked on a Buddhist or nothing, or nobody's ever talked to me about it. Okay, but, all, but, my, but my question, that was just an example. My question is, right. for our listening audience, uh, Brian, do you need, do you believe that as a result of your experience that we, each of us, need to believe a specific religion, or is it just more important that we embrace the idea that, you know, this is a temporary domain and you know, on the other side, we're going to learn what it's all about. You, uh, that's what I'm trying uh, that's to get what to. I, the last part you said, yes. I I believe there, it's a te- it's not, I don't believe it's a temporary thing, because well, like it says in the Bible or in that, you know, you more or less you get to pick and choose where you want to go when you go up there and whatever. It just seemed like when I seen all the beautifulness and, and all that up there when they were together, and almost because we're about, we were big time campers and stuff. We camped all the time, and so did my mother-in-law. It's like they were in the world's biggest campground, enjoying uh-huh. their fi- their final, you know, their days together now for the rest of their life. In that, so 
that okay. Now I'm getting so the most important thing is that you live a good life, not that you go to a particular church. Is yes, that I fair? Live a good life, yes. And that okay. Now you came back and you feel different. Obviously, you know you have the second chance, and so you know you cherish and respect things. I, I can relate to that very personally myself, my own family. I've lost fifty pounds since I've had my heart attack. Oh wow. What other changes do you feel are important in your life, Brian? My biggest change is the, um, to spend more time with my family and get to involved and get to go places with my go to my daughter's functions at school because uh, with being a truck driver, it's hard, and um, being a much stronger family uh, family man and stuff. Because uh, my wife hand, handles a lot of stuff because with me being on the road, because I leave on left always usually Sunday evening or Sunday evening, and didn't get home till Friday. And that, so she handled everything, and and now I'm, you know, stepping up to do more stuff with my kids, and it's time to slow down. I'm 41 years old, soon to be 42 years old, and life is too short. My life almost came to real being real short. And, that, and it's just a time for a change, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I was never a smoker, and... Um, Occasionally, you know, occasional drinker and that, but you know, I put that in my mind. I'm, I'm not drinking no more. I'm not going to do that, and I quit drinking soda pop altogether. What, what have you got? I mean, in 30 seconds, I drive what a, would you... Um, semi. Yeah, I, I know. I, I say, you know, what would you tell our listening audience is the most important message they should take away as a result of the experience you're sharing today? I try to explain that a little bit more to me, because... You know, our listening audience is hearing about your story, your near-death experience. And, of course, it attests to the obvious. There is life after death. Right. Um, That's the experience that you had. What would you like them to know most from you? If you you can just tell them this is the most important thing you can do in your life, what would you say? The biggest thing is slow down and open your eyes and um, be be grateful and that to what you got in life and open to open your eyes and especially slow down and enjoy your family time and your friends is the biggest thing and all the all the other things you do it the biggest thing is time to slow down and um, take your time and that experience and the love experience the love because love is the most important thing like I put in my interview the most important thing and all that is love the love that you have in your family, and don't be angry. If you're angry with something, somebody, try to work it out and get it straightened out because you sure heck don't want to go somewhere or something and something happens to that person and you never got to apologize to that person or talk to that person. Good. Well, Mr. Miller, I, I certainly want to thank you for joining us today and for sharing yep. your inspirational story. As the event changed your life, your willingness to share it with others, I'm oh, certain it will change their lives as well. We appreciate you coming on the show, sir. Thank you very much. I thank you, too, sir. Bye. God bless. What a wonderful story, huh, Rav? That's an incredible story. Yeah. 45 minutes. I know. That's where I get gobsmacked. Yeah, yeah, it is really unbelievable when you think about it. 45 minutes without any... uh, (laughs) I don't think I've heard of a case um, where... That extended period was involved. Have you? No, I don't think I have. 
You know, they all tend to be brief. They can often come back with big stories in that brief amount of time. But no, the 45 minutes is like that's just... And the man is so sincere, so genuine, so... Uh I I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Okay, well, um, we're about to go to break. I hope that you'll join us in our next... uh, or after the break, when we have uh, famed medical intuitive Caroline Sutherland will join us. Uh, you can learn more about Caroline by visiting her website, uh, carolinesutherland.com. That's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-S-N-E-S-U-T-H-E-R-L-A-N-D.com. carolinesutherland.com. We'll be right back after a few words from our friends. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Elton Taylor. Every day, every moment, we face choices. Yet, how many of those choices are truly our own? Are you ready to step onto the path of discovery? Read Eldon Taylor's New York Times bestseller, Choices and Illusions, now revised, updated, and expanded. Eldon combines provocative information, scientific research, and his own life's journey into a powerful message that we have the power to change. All we must do is be willing to choose to take the chance and change. Get your copy today from all bookstores. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Uh, And welcome back. Now to this week's special episode of Breaking Limitations featuring Caroline Sutherland. Caroline is a medical intuitive author, radio host, teacher, and innovative leader in the fields of nutrition and energy medicine. She's the popular Hay House author of The Body Knows, The Body Knows How to Stay Young, The Body Knows Diet, Cracking the Weight Loss Code, and The Body Knows Cookbook. Caroline has a vast clinical background as an allergy testing technician in environmental medicine, where her intuitive gift developed. In the early 1980s, while working as a physician's assistant, she began to receive intuitive impressions about the patients, an experience which groomed her to become one of the most sought-after medical intuitives today. Caroline was raised in a medical family. Both her father and grandmother were medical doctors. Father and grandfather. I think I said grandmother. I don't know why I would have said that, but all right. Anyway, as a child... The blueprint of her family lineage created important seeds for her future career as a medical intuitive. For the past 30 years, she has lectured internationally on the subject of health education and medical intuition, and her intuitive impressions have positively affected the lives of thousands of people. Now, Caroline has joined us before and offered free readings to our audience, and we received some pretty amazing feedback from those readings. So today she has a special offer on her amazing signature detox program that has served thousands of people. So uh, it served them very well indeed for over the past two decades. So on that, let's get her in here. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Caroline Sutherland. It's wonderful to be with you, Eldon. Thank you so much. It's always good to have you. You know you're one of my favorite people. I saw some really sexy pictures of you here lately. You know, uh, what is this stuff? You're you're 70 and you're looking like you're 30. Is that about right? <laughs> well, I pride myself in um, in looking good because it's definitely, you know, part of what I'm selling is health and well-being and looking fabulous and feeling fabulous. So, hey, I've got to lead the pack here, and I do feel, feel pretty wonderful 70, 
and uh, three days in. Well, you know what? I mean, I, I, I'll be at the check stand at a, one of the, you know, grocery or somewhere, and I'll see one of these inquirer-like uh, sheets, and it'll have some famous Hollywood uh, personality there, and it'll say, you know, she's turned 50, and look at her, and she's turned 60, and look at her. And then I see Caroline, and I'm like, you know, you belong on the cover of one of these things, you know? <laughs> Well, That's there's an great. art to it. You know, there's, it's definitely a recipe. It's a remedy, and and there's there's ways of of setting it up. And I love to share that with with people. But it is doable, and and, if, and I'm living talk. proof that it's doable. I love people that walk their talk, and you're one of them. You know, uh, our first goal here is to develop a clear picture as to how the truly helpful and successful people in life, like yourself, have gained the success they have today. In doing this, we attempt to trace a path that leads from where you were, um, you know, when you were a child, all the way forward to here. And then we jump forward and get into learning about what it is that you do. So our first trek is all about who's the messenger. To that end, Caroline, what was school like for you? Were you popular, a member of a group, uh, you know, a cheerleader, a loner? Or how do you see yourself now looking back on it? Well, Eldon, that is a great question, and I think a lot of people that are listening on your show, which of course is extremely popular, many of us feel the same way. We felt different. We felt marginalized. We weren't. I was not part of the in-group in any way, shape, or form. I was shy. I was you know, a little bit of a funny-looking kid. Um, I had constant ear infections, constant respiratory tract infections and was miserable with, you know, colds and coughs and, you know, oozing, ruptured eardrums and everything you want to mention. And it wasn't until, gosh, I don't even know when I really reached my stride. But but I've been really fortunate in that I've had an interesting background. Both my, both my parents were medical doctors. I lived in, um, I've lived in India. I've lived in Africa. I went to school in Europe. I was uh, at school at the International School in Geneva, Switzerland. I've had a very, very well-traveled, very well, very varied life. My parents were extremely altruistic. My father was a doctor with the World Health Organization and the Ford and Rockefeller Foundation. So there's a lot of travel involved, a lot of uh, international contributions internationally. But, of course, the devastating effect was on our family because we all split up. When I was 16 years of age, I had an older brother and a younger sister and younger brother, and our whole family split up when my parents went to India. I went to school in Europe, and then, of course, we never reunited again as a family living together. And so all of these huge upheavals, you know, I always think, and let me know if I'm running on, you just jump in, but no, 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 we, yeah. we, we, we always think, oh, my gosh, you know, we had this childhood and we had this experience, and how did we get through it and how did we survive it? But quite frankly, all of it, groomed me, groomed me for where I am today with the perspective that I have, the understanding about the trials and tribulations that people have. And so none of it was a mistake, and all of it creates a tapestry. And somehow we all, you know, and I think that, you know, as I progress in time, have the real realization that, oh, this happened. This is interesting. This has made me who I am. And this is kind of how the way it turned out. And rather than machinating and ruminating and getting into a state about it, just open up, accept it, and see how it can segue into 
what we contribute to the world. You know, it, it's interesting because when you hear the story, you know, my father was with the World Health uh, uh, Association, or organization actually it is, and uh, I traveled all over the world and I had these great opportunities. It sounds like that's, uh, you know, that's a very special kind of life. But then when you yeah. distill it down and you look at, you know, the hardships, uh, you, you look at the time away from one another, um, it's not a lot unlike being, you know, uh, what my father would have called an army brat. Uh, yeah. Drug along from this place <laughs> to that place. Right, uh, and new schools and new friends and bye-bye to this group and hello to that one. Mm-hmm. Right, never finding a stride, as you say. Let me ask yeah. you this then, Caroline. Uh Along the way, how important, I mean, I know today that spirituality is very important to you, but along the way, how important was spirituality? Well, I was raised Episcopalian, and we were very frequent churchgoers. I sang in the church choir and went to, you know, church camp and all that kind of thing, which I loved. And then you get to be a teenager and thinking, well, what is all this about? What's this Jesus thing about? And who was he? And why would he be the slightest bit important to me? So I left all of that until I had children, and of course I have two daughters, and of course I wanted to have them baptized. I I guess it's a selfish reason, but I have a nearly 100-year-old christening robe, and I want my girls to wear the christening robe and be, you know, christened, baptized in the cathedral with, you know, the uh, dean of the cathedral, et cetera, et cetera, and have a big party afterwards with champagne. Um, I knew the meaning of of baptism for my girls and, and wanted them to have that just because it was a natural... Uh, one of the one of the procedures in the church or rituals in the church that that I felt was important from a ritualistic material mystery uh, point of view and and necessary to be done. Um, so that happened, and then of course, n- not frequent attendance at church, but definitely touching down lightly and knowing that that was important for my daughters to be introduced to that. And both of them have that at a root. But, of course, the thing that I think is really important that this is passed on to their children, which for, you know, maybe a couple of times a year, it, it's, not, it's not something that, that, that my daughters are carrying on. And, and that's a sadness because for me at this age, and especially, I guess, from age, you know, 40s onwards, it's been incredibly important to me. And I've followed a New Age spiritual path, kind of the New Age uh, Buddhist Christian kind of perspective, I followed that, and then I became very steeped, very steeped by by accident, by mystery, not by not by design, from my p- point of view anyway. But I just serendipitously happened upon a little country Episcopal church here in the Northwest, and started attending services, and everything that I had learned metaphysically started to make more and more sense from these deep, sacred, mysterious mystery teachings of the Christian religion. Now, I would mm-hmm. say that I'm spiritual and I'm not religious, and that is true, and I use a lot of, of biblical references in my speeches, and I'm interested in that, because that's the depth, that's the mystery, and that helps one as we travel this path. It helps one to navigate the terrain of what life is presenting us. And so for me, that's the way it kind of unfolded. I was given all of that as a child, kind of threw it all out thinking it was unnecessary, unnecessary, and then 
the universe led me back into it, and now I use it a lot in my teaching. That's good. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to kind of distill something here um, and then see if you relate to it. But uh, every Christian mystic um, that I've ever had the opportunity to interact with, for all intent and purposes, share certain common grounds. The kingdom of heaven is within all that I do. You will do mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Um, my father has many mansions. Uh, right. You know, uh, and, and so forth, which is really, you know, it, 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 it speaks way beneath what we might typically hear in a Christian church in a much more meaningful way about human potential as opposed to fear God and, and, you know, if you don't fear God, you're going to burn, be burned by God kind of, of teaching. Uh, still, my experience has been many people that have moved to New Age have done so through frustration, uh, despair as a result of, you know, the church has failed them. So they, they leave and they go to New Age as though it's an alternative. And there sometimes you can get suckered into believing that it doesn't matter what you do, you're perfect wherever you are, you know, uh, et cetera and so forth. It, it, as you go full cycle and come around, do you see it that way or is that just my own little rosy colored lens? <laughs> Well, I, I, this, this sounds a little bit light and probably not very deep or mystical, but I just take, I take what feeds me. What feeds me? This prayer might feed me. This particular passage or this song might feed me. Does that prayer feed me? Uh-uh. I'm not getting anything out of that prayer. So that sounds very selfish, but the way it works for me is I take what feeds me and then I try to extract, let's say from a Bible passage, I extract what might, what might be useful and meaningful. And I'm not interested in all the dogma and all the extraneous. I'm only interested in the nuggets and the pearls, and they help me on my journey. You know, in the first half hour of the show, we had uh, Brian Miller on, and uh, um, hmm. Mr. Miller experienced, uh, well, an NDE. He was dead, yeah. clinically dead for all intent and purposes for 45 minutes just a couple of weeks ago. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, so his brain didn't receive any oxygen, et cetera, and so forth. And he really is a medical marvel, a, a true miracle. Uh, and, and listen to him. He's very sincere, very humble. You listen to him. And, and you know, his message is all about um, love is all there is. Uh, slow down. Uh, enjoy your family. Uh, you know, and... and uh, you know, do what you can do to help others. That's that's the spiritual content uh, of of his NDE. When you say distill out the nuggets, isn't that the same thing that that Mr. Miller is saying? Well, I agree. And interestingly enough, I I, I was very interested in his um, experience, and I've had a near death experience as well. And uh, it's extremely revealing and, and, and turns your own inner compass point in a completely different direction. Instead of being very mental, it deepens your understanding of the human condition. And in my case, I got to really experience that life is short and very precious, and we're here for a finite number of years, and let's make that be as useful and, and positive as we possibly can. So 
I, I understand totally. Just you can get a message. You can get a message from a tree. I mean, you don't have to go into a church or look at any spiritual book. Stand next to a church or sit quietly and, and ask the tree if it has a message for you. I teach that. When I teach my medical intuitive training every October in Bellingham, Washington, I have people. Um, I give them several things to work with, i.e. a tree, uh, the ocean, because where we do the training is right on the ocean, a rock, a stone, a, a flower, you know, the wind or the sun, and, and sit very quietly and see if that element in nature will give each person a message. And some of them are, are incredible. And, and that's the order of the day, the message from whatever it is, from your inner guidance or from an element in nature or wherever you want to say. I mean, interestingly enough, I happened to be downtown yesterday having lunch with a friend, and I was driving home, and there was a banner of a high heel. Now, here I've just turned 70, and I'm, I'm not going to say I wear six-inch spikes, but I'll wear easily four-inch spikes, yeah. and a heart. And I looked at that banner, and I thought, hmm, that's for me. I can wear my high heels, and that's a message of love to me. It's several days after my birthday, but I knew that was a direct message from that banner on the side of that street directly to me. And life is communicating to us in every single moment, and all we need to do is just look and watch and watch how life, the universe, spirit, whatever you want to call it, is delivering us the message. And that fellow that you know, I've forgotten what you said his name was, but in the first half hour, Brian Miller, he huh? got a very clear message, and he's going to live his life now in a completely different way. And he doesn't necessarily need to, you know, try and encourage other people to, to live their lives differently, because sometimes we, we have to have our own cataclysmic event to live differently. But he will live his life differently, and in so doing, others around him will observe that, and, and that makes a big impression. I totally relate to what you're saying, and so does my dear wife, Ravinder. Uh, well, I love it. Ravinder, hi. It's wonderful to be with both of you. It feels like I'm in your living room. Hi, Caroline. It's great having you here. <laughs> and I am I in miss total... you guys. We always have had so much fun together over the years. I'm in total envy of that picture of you in that red dress. I mean, that, that body fun? is to die for. Forty-year-olds mm -hmm. would be saying, I want some of that. I have to figure well, you that know, one out. I've been really working. I knew I was going to wear that dress for the, for my party. And I don't know if you know this, but two years ago, quite serendipitously, I purchased a small condo in Hawaii. It was in foreclosure. I got it for literally a song. And I threw a couple thousand dollars at it and fixed it up. And I've been out in Hawaii now for the past two years for two solid months, i.e. a month out there, a month home, and a month back out there. And I'll hopefully continue to do that. So I knew I was going to wear that red dress, and every day in Hawaii, I get in the ocean, literally the ocean, I swim out to a quarter-mile marker buoy where they have the Iron Man. They have the Iron Man in Kona, Hawaii. So I swim out there and then do the turnaround and come back, so that's half, half a mile. And I really work on my arms. I've got a special stroke that I use, which you, you can't really describe it. It's, it's like rowing a boat backwards. In other words, your toes are the front of the boat, and you put your arms in kind of a scooping, a scoop, uh, sort of a, a, a way of holding your arms and moving your arms. And it is the most fantastic arm exercise. And I wouldn't want to say I have Michelle Obama's arms, but they are pretty good for a 70-year-old and who's got the guts to wear a strapless dress <laughs> in front of 50 people. So you know, uh, I knew this was coming up, and I thought, uh-oh, girl, you better work on these arms. 
Well, it looks fabulous. I would tell everyone to go look at your Facebook page and take a look at that pic. <laughs> for sure, me too. Thank you. Listen, okay, then you, you kind of set us up for this. Uh, when you think of yourself, how do you describe yourself and your life's goals and ambitions at this point then, Caroline? Well, one of my biggest goals now is to meet the man of my dream, the one that I believe that the universe has destined for me, my reward, if you will, at this stage in life. Because I feel that I have probably easily 15 or 20 years of life left in me, and it might be longer. You know, we're living, people are living into their 90s and beyond. I'm not so so sure about 90 plus, but anything, you know, maybe up to 85 would be good. <clears throat> hey, the so cells of the body have been shown to perfectly replicate for 144 years. Well, Extend there we go. that vision. As good as you look at 70, you, you, you know, start <laughs> aiming at 101, 105. <laughs> Well, I want them to be great years, and, you know, sometimes people who are not in great health can be in a lot of pain in those later years, and so I wouldn't want that for myself. But that's my highest and, and, and biggest goal is to meet the, the one, so to be, so to call, you know, the one, the one that um, I'm supposed to share the rest of my life with, and I feel very ready. I have a lot to offer. I have quite a dowry, as you can imagine, at this point. So, so I come to the table with quite a bit to offer. So it'd be kind of fun. So putting it out there to your million, million, million plus <laughs> listeners, feel free to email me, caroline at carolinesutherland.com. Give me a brief resume. I'm interested in someone 65 to 72, and I know it's going to be an incredibly fulfilling chapter. And I don't have any goals for my career. I've reached all of my goals. I'm doing something wonderful with my career now called the virtual gastric band, which is an amazing hypnosis procedure for weight loss that I've been very successful with now for the past over a year. And I, I continue to write. I won't be writing any more books. I've written my last book. I'm not putting any pressure on myself at all. I've had to release a number of things that gave me pressure, like writing a monthly column and doing you know, certain things. And I may change my newsletter to a monthly message rather than a monthly newsletter. Just really looking for a life of ease, a life of grace, a life of just wonder in being alive. So for career goals and kind of health goals, I have reached them all and I feel wonderful. And just that one more special thing, I'm, I'm aligning with that flow of the universe to bring that to me. And I think that's going to be a wonderful chapter. All right, now listen, if if you find your mate as a result of this radio show, and that, <laughs> that pitch... And, I'll and, be flying over to uh, Spokane, well, Washington, and take you guys out for dinner. Uh, well, that'll be good, that'll be good, but we may change the format of the show and become a dating show. <laughs> I think so. You want to think about that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, all right, I don't think so, but all right. <laughs> well, I you, thought I'd put it out there. You've got a big audience. All right. It, you know, the, in the couple of minutes that we have remaining before we have uh, a station break coming up here, mm-hmm. what what challenges did you face when you decided you were going to be a medical intuitive? Oh, wow. Well, hey, do we want an hour or do we want five hours? First no, of all, I want, yeah, I guess we'll the question really step. is, 
Did you ever, ever just think, you know, look, you're coming out of a medical family, a medical background, it's solid mm-hmm. science, and you're going to be doing intuitive stuff, and right, right, right. the whole world's going to be aiming at you, and there's going to be folks yeah. that, you know, shake their heads and, mm-hmm. and disbelief and da-da-da. Did you That's ever that. just think, you know, I don't want to do all this. This is just too much. Mm-hmm. This is just, you know, beyond me. Well, you know that the universe delivers things step by step. And I think if I had have known that this is where I would have end up, ended up, I would be still with my first husband, the father of my children, and making peanut butter cookies and driving my children to soccer games. I would not have made these major steps that I have. But the first place, um, I think a very good starting place for everyone who is on a higher purpose kind of trajectory, is to get in touch with what would be called their inner guidance. And you do that through meditation. Interestingly enough, on The View this morning with Barbara Walters, who was an author who was a very busy person in the media business, who, because of you know his habits and, and, and different issues in his life and problems, he learned the art of meditation, just a five-minute meditation. But for people to get in touch with their inner guidance through being quiet, i.e. meditation, and listening to the still, small voice within, that's the voice of spirit. That's the voice that directs us on a moment-by-moment basis. And to be able we'll to pick it up there that. when we come back. We've got a hard break. The computer's going to kick us out. So, Okay. Uh, if you would like to know more about Caroline Sutherland and her work, visit her website or check out the links on ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. Remember, her site is CarolineSutherland.com. All right. We have a short film featuring our guest for you today during our break. So if you're not already in our chat room, now's the time to get there. Just go to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat and choose the chat room button near the top of the page. We'll be right back after a station identification break. Have you talked to yourself lately? What does that inner voice say? Are you constantly hearing negative feedback? Ready for a change? Inner talk. Eldon Taylor's patented subliminal technology can do just that. Change your inner self-talk. Turn off the negative by replacing it with positive affirmations. Inner talk has been researched at universities such as Stanford and by governments around the world and has been proven effective at priming your self-talk. Armed with a new positive outlook, you'll find everything becomes easier. From losing weight to stop smoking, giving presentations to riding horses, Learn new things to being a powerful salesperson. Choose your title for change today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com. Innertalk.com. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Gratitude to the left of me, 
Gratitude to the right of me. Gratitude above me. Gratitude below me. Gratitude within me. Gratitude all around me. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's how I like to start every morning. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're chatting with Caroline Sutherland about her life, passions, teachings, and books. We ask our guests for up to three songs that really have meaning to them in their lives, their life songs, if you will. This often provides some interesting insight into who they really are. Now, we just played some of I'm So Grateful by Karen Drucker. So, Caroline... Why is this song important to you, and how does it tell us about who you are? I love that song because it is tremendously helpful, and especially when we're going through challenges and times of uncertainty, to just drop into that vibration of gratitude, and that Karen Drucker song really sell, says it all. And, and that's just so stabilizing because regardless of the challenge, if we can drop into the, the feeling of being grateful, even for, for the life lessons and life experiences and challenges, it really, really helps and just sort of changes the whole way we feel that we have so much to be grateful for. You know, I, I was not familiar with the song, but I've listened to mm. it several times now in preparing Lovely, for the show. I ended up buying it at iTunes and putting uh, yeah. it into my favorites. It's it, You're right. It is a wonderful, wonderful song, and it's so... You know, it's not a short two-minuter either. It's uh, it, Unfortunately, we don't, you know, have the time to be able to really play all five and a half minutes of it, but it is a wonderful piece of music. All right, Caroline, you're here to tell us today all about anti-aging and health aging secrets and this whole detox system that doesn't involve dieting. Where do you want to yeah. start? Well, I wasn't sure if you wanted me to finish off with what uh, people were saying when I entered the field of medical intuition, if you wanted me to well, round course, that out. Of course out. I'd like that. Of course I'd like detox that. detox or what you want me to do. But, no, I pre- you know, I, of course I'd like that. I look at how much time we have and I look at yes, you know the messages like me. we want to get out. And, but no, yeah, I could spend the entire hour, you know, uh, yeah. the rest of, well, the, rest just, of the time just, we have learning about... Went. Mm-hmm. The universe so, always brings us around to where we ought to be. And as a child, I was very interested in medicine. After all, I come from a medical family with my father being a doctor, my mother was a dietitian, and my grandfather was also a doctor. And so I would play, you know, nurse as a little girl, run around with nurses' caps. Those were the days when nurses wore caps and take kidney basins around and, and take my doll's temperatures and my, my family members' temperatures and wrap bandage around, bandages around my cat and so forth. And I wanted to be a nurse. I don't know. I just would have naturally, you know, lent towards that. But I saw my first sight of blood as a young girl, I don't know, around age six or eight or something. And that totally turned me off the idea of being involved in the medical world. And so I followed an arts career. And then the universe has a way of, of, of bringing us back to where we want to, want to be or should be. And I was the patient for a medical doctor. I had a, a series of different symptoms that were leading to multiple sclerosis. Fortunately, that was not the case. 
and I ended up working for a holistic physician who treated me and made me well, and I ended up, through meditation and working in a clinical setting, became very, very psychic around people. And so the gift just got switched on, and people can find out about how this all happened through my book called The Body Knows, How to Tune Into Your Body and Improve Your Health. I wasn't concerned about what people thought. I knew that at a deep uh, place in my being, I loved what I did and, or, and still continue to do. I knew I was good at it. I knew I was gifted at it, and I was getting results, and that was enough for me, and it didn't matter what people said. If they thought I was weird, well, fair enough. I've, you know, been learning meditation and doing all kinds of New Age-related things for, you know, 30 years now, 31 years to be exact. And so there's lots of support for that now. Alternative medicine is very mainstream, and everyone has their reflexologist and various ologists. And so I wasn't concerned if people thought I was crazy because these people are coming to me now saying, oh, my friend Harriet's got cancer, oh, my friend my so-and-so or my dad's not well with this and that. And they come to me and ask me these questions. So it comes full circle, and I think for anybody who's listening, whatever you're doing, if you love to do it, you carry on. And don't listen to other people because you'll end up being in the forefront, as I am, of a particular movement that is now more than a groundswell. It's a billion, billion, multi-billion dollar per year industry. And that's taking care of ourselves in a holistic and natural manner. All right. We, you know, that leads me to where I would have gone had we uh, <laughs> just stayed with, with it. So I'm going secret. there. What mm-hmm. was the point that you said to yourself, I've made it? Um, I think I've kind of made it all along. I think one of the biggest points was being being uh, discovered by Louise Hay, which was a very serendipitous meeting that we had way back in 1999. And it was very serendipitous. It wasn't planned at all. And she knew that um, I was one of those people that had, you know, a gift to be able to help. And she was tremendously supportive, and she's been supportive ever since. And I'm a Hay House author and love being a Hay House author. And so I guess that was a very pivotal moment. Uh, whether or not I've made it or not, and then speaking in front of large groups on the Hay House circuit and other uh, major speaking circuits. So I guess that might have been the point, being on television and radio and so forth. But it's been a natural unfolding process that's just been a sheer delight and a blessing all along. What would you do differently if you did it all over again, Caroline? Well, to look back on it, it's been quite a road. You know, there have been a lot of tributaries and rivers. And I don't think that I have any regrets, but you don't know when you start out on this path. You simply do not know how it's going to all unfold. And, And I just don't think any of us do. Any of us know exactly how our career trajectory is going to go or our path is going to go. So I can't really speak to that. I just know I'm happy where I am now. I'm motivated to stay happy and healthy. And I'm just very grateful for where I'm right now. And every single piece, every single bit has been and continues to be a stepping stone of A, where I am, and B, where I'm going. All right. In order to be considered as successful as you are, you have to gain that level of success and where you talk about it as a path or, you know, little tributaries in a major river or whatever metaphor you want to use. It has to be attached with passion. You must have mm-hmm. passion to be as successful as you are. What mm-hmm. inspired you and what does your passion arise from? Well, I love working with the people 
you know, I, I did a meditation at a meditation retreat way, way back in 1983. And that meditation re- retreat and that particular meditation has, has stood out in my life. And I've written about it in my books, you know, the Body Knows books. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was very simple. It was to imagine yourself from a distance up high as if you're a bird looking down on yourself. And at that point in time, I was a fashion writer for a major city newspaper, and I was barely 40 years of age. And all I could see was a woman in a red jacket. I had a beautiful red wool jacket running around fashion shoots on the phone, writing, scribbling, you know, dealing with children and husbands, etc., running around like a white tornado. And then the next part of the meditation was, how would you like to be remembered um, at the end of your life? What would you like to be remembered for? And it was to be remembered for motivating and helping people. And then the next part of the exercise was, what do you need to do right now to take a step towards that coming about? And it came to me in the wink of an eye, quit my job. I was a fashion writer. So on the very next day, on the strength of that imagery, and that's all, I went right to my editor at the newspaper and told her that I would be leaving at the end of the year. She, of course, was horrified because everyone loved my column, and et cetera, et cetera. But I needed to take that step from the inner feeling within that, yes, tough though it would be to let my column go, I needed to do that. And I've done that throughout my entire life. It stayed very attuned and very linked in and connected to my inner guidance that, that, that is leading me and guiding me forward. So that was sure. the step that I needed to take. And I continue to do that. So if I understand you correctly, it isn't passion per se, it's instructions. You follow the instructions? Is that what you're saying? Well, the passion comes from working with people, motivating and helping people in my work. And that all just naturally unfolded. I worked in a clinical setting. So you're number one. And I love it. And I get tremendous feedback from people. I mean, I just have so much feedback thank you for helping with this and thank you i mean it just keeps me going and it's exciting do you believe that everyone can achieve the kind of success that you have i mean you know this is about breaking through their limitations uh can they deal with whatever they have in their own life and achieve the kind of success you have and if so how well i think it's it's a shared it's a shared work it's a shared journey you co-create with the universe If you feel that there's a benevolent force in your life that you are co-creating with and you align with that force, call it spirit, call it God, whatever you want to do, you align with that and you show up, you just say, here I am, you know, here I am, spirit, use me, you will be led in your life and it will lead you right back, as I mentioned, to where you actually belong. Here's me in the medical world, albeit the alternative medical world. And so this is where I belong. This is where I shine. And I have great information. I have had a tremendous amount of clinical background. I didn't just pull this out of a hat. This is years and years and years in a clinical setting. So I have that background. And witnessing the way that people get well and the body knows what to do to get well. It has a phenomenal capacity to get well, and it doesn't matter what the age of the person is. And from my books, I teach people that it's very, very simple. Getting well is not difficult. There are certain 
places that people can investigate to see where this wellness comes from. And it's not difficult. You know, we talk about the body and how complicated it is. It is, but it's actually really quite simple. And I like to make it simple for people, and I give certain suggestions that may or may not be useful. I have free teleconferences every Monday. I have my radio show every Monday. There's great ways for people to get in touch with me. And I love what I do because I see people getting well. And, of course, that's what motivates me is that, is that people have a period of time here on this earth. And why not be well and why not be fully engaged in life? And when they are well and they are healthy, well, they're happy and they're connected and then their whole lives unfold as well. Interesting. So the answer to the question is not only can we all be well, but we can all find success if we but tune in to our benevolent benefactor? Mm-hmm. And success okay. is measured in different ways. But it's not necessarily financial success. It's do you feel as if you're living out your purpose? I wouldn't want to say the way you should, but the way you feel that you're aligned with it and living that purpose out on a a daily moment-by-moment basis. And that, to me, is success. Some people would measure it by financial wealth. Well, I'm comfortable. Would I say that I'm rich beyond my wildest dreams financially? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable, and that's I don't have any concerns that way. And then my health is good. I have wonderful friends. That's a great measure of success. And a terrific family that I love and adore, and they adore me. And... So what's, there's no lack, and I think that, for, for, for me at least, constitutes success, and especially at your age. I mean, at my age, I look back and I think, wow, holy mackerel, you know, a published author, radio, I mean, all these fun things that you never, ever think in your life. And I've got a fun story about how I started out with my first radio show at the age of six. <laughs> Tell us that, but don't forget, when, <laughs> well, in I your gratitude, be thankful for that red dress and the body that fits in it. So come on, tell us about <laughs> the first radio grateful. show. And I've got a good little waistline to show off, too. But when I was in, in first grade, now these were in the days where you could walk two blocks home. I think it was more like three blocks, three blocks home from your piano lesson to your home. You could do that in, 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 in those days. And you probably, you know, that's probably not something that a lot of parents would allow their children to do now. But in any event, so after school, I went to my piano lesson, which was right next door to the school. And then I would walk home, and it was up a steep hill, and there was a chain-link fence all the way around a big smelter. It was a a town that um, distilled or smelted, um, what the heck would it have been? It, that they smelt it. I think it was aluminum or maybe it was okay. who knows what, iron, iron ore, and they made it into who knows what. But anyway, okay. so I left my music lesson and took a stick. I would just look along the road. Oh, there's a stick. I'd pick up this stick, and I'd run it along that chain link fence, and I would, because in those days we didn't have a television. It was before television. I would have my own radio show, and I would say I'm your host, Caroline Anderson. That was my maiden name. And I'd like you to introduce you to my my father, the famous Dr. Anderson, and I would have him come on as I was going along the chain link fence, and I would have commercial breaks. Now let's listen to the um, commercial break about Quaker Oats, and I was only six, and that's how I got up the hill, around the corner, 
and down the block to my house. <laughs> cool. cool, cool. All right. Fun. Well, interesting how what we fantasize often turns out to be what we do later in life, yeah. isn't it? All right. Now, I want to bring us back to um, what my wife says is, uh, you know, eat your heart out. Where you are, the anti-aging and healthy aging secrets. Mm. Um, where, where do we begin there? I mean, where would you like me to begin? I've looked at your books. I've looked at your work. You know that, but, I mean, we know one another quite well. And... Uh, and I admire what you do. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with a detox? Do you want to start with, uh, where do you want to start? Well, I think that we could start with a detox just to, to, to um, I, I devised, I think it was maybe easily 10 years ago, I devised a seven-day detox program that I do three times a year. It's on my website, and the next one is coming up in April. I believe it's Wednesday, this, it's Wednesday the 2nd of April. And it's a week-long detox program where I take people off for seven days, all offending foods. And people just don't realize the effect that their food and beverages are having on them, on their fatigue, on their malaise, on their joint stiffness and inflammation, on your brain and mental clarity and energy. People just really aren't aware that certain foods can really be killer foods. And so I do this seven-day detox program three times a year, and people go on to it, and they love it. I usually have between 150 and 200 people who go on it, sometimes more, slightly less, and I've done it for many, many years, and it's for seven days. And this year, for the people that want to do the detox program, they will get a discount on the virtual gastric band, which is this amazing hypnosis procedure for weight loss, and that starts on the 3rd of April. So in this seven days, Eldon, and this is what's so dramatic and keeps me motivated and fully engaged in my work because I love it. It's like a flower unfolding. People report in seven days, and it's all monitored. We have calls every second day, and there's recipes and information for people. And it's nothing to do with fasting. It's nothing to do with water and some horrible mung bean sprouts and some bad-tasting herbs. There's plenty of food, and people can eat the food any time of the day or night. They want to get out of bed at 3 in the morning and eat food. It's all there. It's only specific foods, though, and in any amount at any time of the day or night through that seven days. But the astounding results are is people can think clearly. They have less pain. They have more energy. They feel better, and they get more spiritually connected because the byproduct of removing offending food and beverage from the diet means that that person literally has a direct link to this inner guidance, the still small voice within. And it happens within days where a person feels connected and they feel like they're part of everything. They're part of, you know, the universe, nature, whatever you want to say, in a nice way, in a subtle and gentle way, but it's very obvious and very clear. And I love doing it. And, of course, the upcoming program starts on the 2nd of April. So to start with a detox program. So the food is the key part of staying young. Now, does that mean you'll never have a glass of wine? You'll never have a piece of bread or a piece of cake or chocolate or whatever? Ah, no, you will. But you'll have it sporadically here and there. For the most part, you eat clean. So you'll have clean meats, fish, you know, eggs, nuts, seeds, beans, whatever you're doing. Lots of vegetables, fruit you will have, but not in excess. 
You'll keep your carbohydrates low. There won't be any dairy on a long-term basis or wheat flour products. The two big no-nos are wheat and dairy. So if a person eats clean and drinks plenty of water, they from time to time will dip down and have, you know, half a glass of wine or a sweet dessert if if it's your birthday or a special occasion. But it won't be on a daily basis because that's what's happening to the body. The body is burdened by the onslaught of the wrong fuel. It's like a car, and the person is not fueling their car properly, and therefore that car is breaking down. So the major part of the aging process deals with the food. The second and closest to it and almost supersedes it is the power of the mind, and that's where you come in. And I have to say, and you know this, but I have to tell you that I have your subliminal CDs playing either in my car or on my CD player at home and on my computer on a continual basis. And when I find I slumped down, i.e., how many years ago was it now? Exactly three years ago now, my second marriage ended to the man that I loved and adored, and he chose to betray me in the most unbelievable mammoth way that you could ever imagine and i had to use these cds of yours on a continual basis or i would have spiraled down into the worst case of depression hopelessness and despair that anyone could ever have imagined and i continue to play those cds on a daily basis i have wonderful ones that that i have from you which are about you know super motivation and soaring success and soaring self-esteem. I mean, I love them all because they keep me up. And if I'm having a bit of a down day or a challenge or I'm, you know, a little bit maxed out by, you know, whatever deadline it is, I just put those on and I'm, oh, well, whatever that was, it's all gone bye-bye. And I encourage everyone to use those CDs. So the power of the mind, what we are thinking, and our thoughts are creating our body and our thoughts are actually creating our world. So why not have that powerful support underneath to lift one's spirits and get one back on track with our thought process. So that's the second part. So it's the diet of the food, the diet of the mind. Then you overlay all of the goodies. If you have those two things going, simultaneously streaming on a daily and moment-by-moment basis, you overlay the patchwork on the top, and you're looking for certain pieces. Exercise is a huge piece, and I exercise for a half an hour every single day. I love to run, climb hills, walk, not in a crazy way, not crazy, no, just just nice, normal walk up a hill. I swim in the ocean just as soon as I can get in the ocean, or if I'm in Hawaii at my place, I'll swim in the ocean there on a daily basis. So exercise is pivotal because you, at that point, are in direct admiration to the beauty of the of the universe, i.e., in nature that is unfolding in front of you on a daily basis. You observe. You observe the trees. You observe the seasons. You observe the flowers and the smells and the sights that nature is giving you. It's like going to the best movie that hasn't even ever played yet. It's, it's a movie every day. So exercise, of course, is the next piece. Then you have other elements that you yeah, place I'm going to ask in. you to hold on the other yeah, elements. Yeah, we're going to place ourselves on hold for the commercial break. Thank you. Yes, we we are. You know how that works very well. I I do. All right. Well, we hope you're enjoying our show today, and maybe you're taking notes like I am and Ravinder is right this moment. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes and take your calls. If you have a question or would like a reading from Caroline, 
Do call in. This last half hour is your opportunity. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Elton Taylor. Do you feel like you've become lost in a funhouse? Only seeing the reflection of yourself, past, future, and present, but unable to find the real you? I invite you to step through the doorway and onto the path leading to understanding of your mind, your choices, and the influences that surround you. Read Elton Taylor's New York Times best-selling book, Choices and Illusions, now expanded, updated, and revised. It will provide you with real-life examples of how you can break free from your current perceptions and begin your journey to how high is up. Get your copy today from all bookstores or online from Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're grateful that you did. We're speaking with famed medical intuitive Caroline Sutherland about her life, teachings, and passions. We will take your phone calls in this half hour, so if you have questions of our guests, either give us a call or submit your questions in our chat room. Ravinder and Andrea are there to put your questions forward. Okay, Caroline, we just played some of your second musical choice, Let It Out. By Faith yeah, Riviera. I love that song, and we played that at our women's retreat. We've done that. Uh, we just finished the retreat in the early part of February. We're doing it again in Kona, Hawaii next year, from the 6th to the 11th of uh, February out there at the King Kamehameha Hotel, and we've had two very successful retreats two years in a row, and we're doing a third one. And what is the importance of that music, Let It Out? Well, we have that music playing at various times through the retreat, and it's a very, very powerful song about letting out our passion and purpose and being engaged in spirit and just letting out whatever we are in terms of personal expression. So it's a very catalytic song, and, and uh, all the women, of course, really enjoyed it tremendously. Well, this guy enjoyed it, too. Set Yourself Free. It's a great piece of music. Okay. Yes. And and so, um, you know, I mean, I guess I look at music, and I think of our favorite songs, and I think of how they relate to our lives. and. You know, would you say that you have let it out? Mm, yeah, 
yes, very definitely. You know, the, the whole idea of education is to educar. It comes from that's the root, and it's basically to to extract the gifts that that are within, not necessarily to be educated from the outside, which of course is, is tremendously important. But the gifts are already given to us, and so to let it out means to to dig down within and dig those gifts out and express them. All right, we have questions, but I'm going to ask you one more before we go to the phones or the chat room, okay? Yes. Uh, you and I have paid close attention to some of the uh, new technology, particularly in the area of genetics and what we think of today as epigenetics. Caroline, can you overcome genetics? Oh, very definitely. I think, I think it's useful to know what the program is and there is testing that can be done through your naturopathic physician or holistic physician to see what a person's propensity will be to a specific disease pattern or illness. I mean, I know in my family it's circulation. Uh, my mother died of a stroke and my father died of an aneurysm. So it's circulation, heart-related issues, of course, are big in my family. But if one is healthy, one eats right, takes specific supplements, does all they can to uh, support the body, I believe that these genetics can be overcome, but then, of course, one always, you know, surrender to the mystery. The universe is, is, might have other things in plan, just in mind for us, just because we think we're healthy. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be able to live till we're 102, uh, despite what what the statistics say. But yes, I think it's entirely possible to move in a healthy direction. It's nice to know the genetics, useful to know, but then there's strategies that can help us to overcome those genetics. The time comes, the time comes. I think that was the message of the first half hour, and if it's not your time, <laughs> yeah. well, you mm-hmm. might have the paddles applied <laughs> to get you back. That's not the most comfortable way to get back, no, but you're going to get be. back. Let's take a no. phone call. Sure, we have uh, Kathy on the line from California. Um, Kathy, welcome to Provocative Enlightenment. You have a question for Caroline Sutherland. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Um, I was in a major car accident a few years ago, and I've done yoga, and I've done things. I've been seeing a kinesiologist, chiropractor, Mm -hmm. and taking the supplements. I'm trying to tweak my diet, but in between visits, I will get flare-ups with inflammation in my neck and in my head, and, you know, the catch is I don't like cooking very much. I'm willing to do it more. I take, like, two steps forward one step back, and I just keep trying to peel away layers to get to what will completely work for me. Oh, thank you so much, Kathy, for letting us know about your car accident. Well, first of all, if you go to the dietary piece, I'm going to give you for you the inflammatory foods that are going to make that pain worse. And if you're willing to take them out of your diet for seven days and that's all, you'll notice a huge difference. And if you sign up for the detox program that starts on the 2nd of April, you'll have all the tools that you need going forward from that. So for you in particular, the inflammatory foods are caffeine, so that's going to be black tea, iced tea, and any caffeinated product, i.e. coffee. It's going to be sugar, corn, and wheat. Those are the four major inflammatory foods. And if you remove those for seven days, you're going to feel a lot better. Then the healing current can come in and actually do the work. Supplements in and of themselves will not do it, but if you put the supplements in coupled with the anti-inflammatory diet, 
you will start to feel better. Now, there's one more kind of a shadow food, and write this down, and it's called the nightshade family. And the nightshade family is potato, tomato, eggplant, tobacco, and all peppers, including pepper from salt and pepper, black pepper. So it's tomatoes, potatoes, eggplant, all peppers, and tobacco. Now, that's a shadow. What does that mean? That means you stop the first four offending foods for seven days. If there's still pain, you go into your second week, and you leave those first offending foods off, the ones that are inflammatory, and then you take out the nightshade family as well, and that should help. You need to make sure you're pooping properly, having a proper bowel movement once if not twice a day, drinking lots of water, taking the supplements from the naturopath, breathing into the accident. And as you know, there are no accidents. Everything is orchestrated. It's divinely orchestrated for your learning and your healing and your growth. So this A was an accident, but B not really because you've learned a lot from it and you will actually heal from it once you continue to put all these pieces in place. So, Kathy, I hope that helps you. Yes, it does. Thank you very much. Mm, You're welcome. Thanks for the call, Kathy. Uh, You know, before we go on, you triggered something here I'm going to have to ask you about, Caroline. Mm -hmm. No such thing as an accident. Supposedly not. No such thing as free will. I mean, if it's all predetermined, if it's all predestined, then huh? Why don't we just stay home on a bench, <laughs> sit on a chair, yeah. and not go anywhere? Yeah, I know it's wild, isn't it? <laughs> End of comment. All right. Well, I'll yeah, let you. It's wild and woolly. Yep. We, there's no free will. It's called choice. Choice, but no choice. You know, choiceless awareness. Right. It's it's just really something when you start getting into that particular track. It's it's tight. It's a tight place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't, I, I don't quite fit it with you. I mean, but that's another issue. Let's 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 go on. All right. Yeah, For whatever sure. no reason, problem. it happened, and now you've given Kathy a path to eliminate mm-hmm. the pain. That's what matters. Oh, she should all be right. just fine. But you know, people just once they realize that food, i.e., the fuel, really has an effect, and once they make that change, boy, oh boy, that healing current can fly in. Big difference. Okay, we mm-hmm. have a question out of our chat room that uh, asks sure. Caroline why wheat has become so bad. Yes. Well, first of all, it's, it's a hybridized wheat. It's not the wheat that we had way, way back 30 years ago. Second of all, the reason for the inflammation is because of multiple exposures. We've had continual exposure, sometimes up to six times a day, of wheat and wheat flour products. And the body says, you know what? I can't handle this wheat. Forget it. Give me something else. That's easy. Switch over to rice. That's not inflammatory. And that that should really take care of it. But it's really because of the multiple exposures and the body's just, you know, basically worn down from being exposed to that one item so many times. So it's not a matter of some kind of a GMO, uh, like no, uh, with uh-uh. the corn. it can be scraped off the side of the road. GMO scraped off the road, you know, over hauled across the desert, Ethiopian desert, and on Camelback, it's all the same stuff. Organic, holistic, whatever, white, brown, it's the same effect. So you basically just nix the wheat, and you have it once in a blue moon when you're out in the world and you're at somebody's house, and there's no choice. But you just flat out choose to not take it. And then, you know, a a myriad of issues, you know, the gut problems, the reflux problems, the joint stiffness, the foggy thinking, and the fatigue, all of that disappears. So it's really kind of neat. So let me ask you this, then, Caroline. I mean, based on what you're telling me, Mm. um, I I can look at data on the major health issues in America, Mm -hmm. and I 
could probably fit most of them into a pattern or a matrix that you would describe as a fuel problem. Uh, Is that fair? I'd say so. Mm -hmm. So what are the major health issues? Yeah, you just look at advertising. What what causes them? Well, you just just look at at the body. You know, it has a certain capacity, and if you keep throwing the wrong stuff at it, it's going to say, you know what, I'm just going to lie down here and just sort of flat out go to sleep or die because I can't handle this. And so if you look at major advertising for all the drugs that are advertised, there's a way through that with food and supplementation. There's a way through all of it. And um, But our, our media is controlled by large food giants and large pharmaceutical companies, and fair enough. We want to watch, you know, whatever the program is we like to watch, and it's fueled by, by advertising. We have to accept, but then again... If we are wise and knowledgeable because we listen to your program or my program or other people's program who are in the know, we know that even though we may be seeing this and hearing this, that this is not the truth. You call your program Provocative Enlightenment, you enlighten people, and you give through your guests and your own teachings, you give and you offer the truth, and the truth is what resonates, what feels right, and what works. Amen to that. All right. (laughs) Tell, tell me, you and Ravinder worked out a special opportunity for our listening audience on your detox mm-hmm. program. Um, you know, I'm going to kind of turn it over for a couple of minutes to the two of you. You know, explain that to us. Tell us what, what the deal is and why it's so spectacular, because I've already, you know, signed up for it, I guess. And not I guess, I'm, I'm excited about signing up for it. But my wife understands it all, and when she says this is what we want to do, I say, okay, do it. So, Ravinder, <laughs> you and, and uh, Caroline, take a minute and tell our listening audience what it's all about, what you have me doing now. What we have you doing, yeah, Caroline. Yeah, beginning April 4th. Yeah, no. We, I, all I'm doing is signing up for the program, and then from there on, I am going to do what Miss Caroline says. So you, what's going to be happening, Caroline? Well, this is the seven-day detox program, and it starts on a Wednesday, and I know my sister's birthday is April the 1st, so I know it's the 2nd of April. And everyone comes on to a teleconference call. We're all in there together. My assistant will send everybody the telephone number and the PIN, and she'll send them the list of items that are useful and necessary as far as food is concerned. There are some supplements that might be useful, i.e. digestive enzymes and acidophilus and vitamin C, but nothing much, and everything is available, A, at the grocery store, and B, at the health food store. So there's nothing that's needed to go a country mile and do anything that's holistic, organic, hormone-free. I mean, if people will do holistic, organic, and hormone-free, that's great, but your regular grocery store at the top of the road is just fine. And then we have it all lined up, and then the calls start on Wednesday night, the 2nd of April, and... Then we go for it for seven full days. And what I do is I give you plenty of food, but people will notice that the things that they love and adore, like their ice cream and their cookies and cakes and coffee and whatnot, that is not on the list for the seven days. Does and everyone says, decaf oh, man, coffee? seven days. What? Does that I include mean? decaf coffee? There's no coffee on it at all, not even decaffeinated. At all, not coffee. even decaffeinated. No, not for the oh. seven days, but you can have this, all you want when you're done with the seven days. This would be a special And what people notice me. is, oh, man, I can't believe what those specific foods were doing. 
And then I have, so that's for seven days with monitoring But I've got a question for you there, right mm. right there, Caroline. I mean, yeah. the majority of us are used to having that caffeine kick first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, without that, I can feel foggy anyway. Yes. So well, the how thing do you get around you, that? We started on a Wednesday, and by the time there may be a reaction that kicks in, it's about Friday, mid-afternoon, late afternoon on Friday. And so if there's going to be a withdrawal, it happens over the weekend, and usually by Sunday you're coming through it. And what people notice is, oh, my goodness, the effect of these foods or this caffeine. I had no idea I was so overwhelmed and so burdened by those different items. And so it's really an education for the person. And then by the end of the week, they start feeling fabulous. The energy comes back, and they can run a country mile and clean out their closets. They feel positive and upbeat. And then we have a two-week follow-up where they stay on on a modified plan. They start eating normally, you know, after the seven days. But most people are very interested in staying on a modified plan because they start feeling good and they don't want anything to interfere with that. Sounds exciting and scary. I mean, for me, it's coffee. It's coffee. You know, listen, I started drinking coffee, I think, you know, when I was maybe 10. And Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) how much coffee I drink every day all my life. Mm, Well, caffeine affects the heart. It can harden the prostate. It affects the lymphatic system. It causes irritation and edginess and jumpiness, affects the adrenal glands. Coffee for most people is not, you know, the world's best thing, that's for sure. But some but after the after the detox program you can absolutely go to decaf. There's no problem with taking decaf at all. But after the detox, then I yeah, go to the decaf because I'm on decaf now. I, you know, I've been oh well, yeah. Well, so there you go. For seven days, you just have something else, like a little coffee. Roy Boss tea or something for seven days. You'll be fine. It's the okay. caffeine that's an issue, not the decaf, but it's the caffeine. All right. Well, I think maybe I can live. You'll that be day. fine. <laughs> okay. Everyone it, is it, fine, and they absolutely love it. And, and you get a be chance there to, to witness something. That's the miracle and, of the body. You get a chance. And you'll to be there that. to support us, right? To Absolutely. Coach you through this. And you get okay. tips and calls and motivation, and you'll do brilliantly. All right. Now, Ravinder, you said uh, that the, the special offer on this, where is that? Tell our listening audience how they can find the special offer. If where you go is. to provocativeenlightenment.com and click on special offers, you will find the details there. I think you normally charge something like 125 for this, mm-hmm. but we are making it available to the Listeners of Provocative Enlightenment for just $99. That's right. And you provide all the information ahead of time. So what So what happens? Do you provide us everything we should buy at the grocery store ahead so that we can yes. start Well, as cooking? soon as my assistant gets the list of the people who signed up, she immediately sends them a welcome letter, gives them their shopping list, and gets okay. them all ready uh, with that document. And then the day before the actual calls, they're given the telephone number and the access code to get onto the call. And then, of course, you, you have the personal involvement. And, I, and and that's something I don't want our audience to, to, to miss because, you know, when I had triple bypass surgery, um, you, you and I had a conversation and you did, I, I mean, you did an intuitive reading with me and, and I followed your advice. And uh, for the most part, I don't remember you ever telling me I can't have decaf coffee. 
No, uh, that's fine. Because if you did tell me that, then I defied you. Sorry about but that. But if it was real coffee, you can bet I'd be on to that. But decaf? Well, no. I, you know, I, I, I gave up the real coffee, but I just love the flavor yeah. of coffee. So it's the decaf sure, sure. that I have. But at any rate, um, <laughs> you gave me some guidance. It turned out to be some really powerful guidance. And uh, and I admit, you know, in my criminalistic background, I sometimes can be a little skeptical and and the scientist in me has to verify and validate. And and so I had some comprehensive blood work done, uh, you know, a year or so later. And the guidance you had given me was indeed more than a philosophy. I saw the results in, in that blood test. And so, you, you know, whatever someone might think about the nature of intuitive readings, whatever someone might think about, you know, alternative medicine, alternative health care, um, for what it's worth, uh, Caroline Sutherland has my personal endorsement as well. All right, now, Caroline, mm-hmm. uh, what can someone expect when they start on this detox program, okay? I mean, am I going to have diarrhea? Am I, what, what, what's going to happen? Well, we leave that open to see how the body's going to work this. The nice thing is there's plenty of food, so blood sugars are balanced, and that's one of the universal issues with people that I see, and that's thousands and thousands and thousands of people, is that they have blood sugar handling issues, i.e. almost pre-diabetic conditions. So blood sugars are balanced, so people will at least feel that they're stable that way. They will probably end up sleeping better. As far as any reaction is concerned, for the first two days they might feel more tired, Because remember, the body is making massive changes. When you remove offending foods and beverages from the system, that body is grappling to turn the vehicle in a completely different direction. So there may be some fatigue for the first few days. And I always say, just lie down and rest. And so by Friday, that usually kicks in. Rest on the weekend. Don't plan to stand up in front of 400 people and give a speech or plan a wedding or, you know, jog or something like that, you know, for several miles, just just chill out, rest, and take it as a few days in the sanatorium. They probably won't have diarrhea unless they're having too many vegetables. If the bowels become loose, we just back off the raw and do a little bit more steamed vegetables. And usually that doesn't occur. And then I have guidelines for constipation so people know what they can do if they start to feel constipated. And that's the other side of the coin that one or two people might feel that, but usually it's just a process of turning that body around, which occurs within the first four or five days. Then the person experiences energy, and they experience mental clarity and less pain that is revelatory for people. So it's an unfolding process, and the body will show us exactly how it's going to handle it. It's very individual. All right, one last question for you mm-hmm. in a minute or so that we have. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean when you say that a healthy body determines your destiny? Yes. Well, if you're healthy, you're able to fulfill the purpose that you were given from a spiritual perspective. And I often see people who are much, much younger than me, and I can tell they're taxed, they're laboring, they're just really grappling with a lot of their health issues. And I don't think it needs to be like that. But when you have health in your body and vitality, you're more likely to be able to fulfill your mission, your purpose, and your destiny because you have the strength, the vitality, and the physical stamina to be able to do whatever it is you want to do and you feel compelled to do. 
All right. Uh, 30 seconds. Tell our listening audience where they can learn more about you, your website, how they can contact you, how they can learn about um, your women's breaks and so, all the things that you do do, Caroline. Oh, thank you very much, Eldon. It's always wonderful to, to speak with both you and Ravinder. Well, my website is carolinesutherland.com, C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E, Sutherland, S-U-T-H-E-R-L-A-N-D.com. Uh, in order to get in touch with our office email, it's caroline at carolinesutherland.com. The women's retreat takes place every year in Kona, Hawaii in February, every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time. I have my own radio show on healthylife.net, and I have a free teleconference every Monday night where I do spot readings and answer questions from people all over the world. All my books are called The Body Knows, and you can get them from Hay House, hayhouse.com, or any of the products that I like to use for people are on my website, carolinesutherland.com. You need an access code, which is LIFE, L-I-F-E-123. All right. Wonderful. Thank you very much for joining us today, Caroline. Well, we've come to the end of another episode of Provocative Enlightenment. I want to thank our guest and all of you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our show and will join us again next week, same time and same place. And tell your friends. Let's have them join us as well. And remember, if you have comments on our show, do please let us know. Okay, until next time, wherever you are in the world, remember, believing in yourself always matters. Provocative Enlightenment has been brought to you by Progressive Awareness Research and other sponsors. Provocative Enlightenment is a syndicated show and appears on other networks. For a schedule of showtimes, visit ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, write to Eldon at EldonTaylor.com. Provocative Enlightenment.